Are you ready? It's time to separate the men from the boys. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. Hello and welcome to our MotoGP podcast. And uh, I think I'm happy to say that we're going to go with Park Ferme as the name of the MotoGP podcast uh, here on the Ginger's Perspective. Joining me as always, the editor of Ride Fast magazine, Rob Portman, as well as uh, a bit of a legend on two wheels himself uh, from what I've seen on Instagram and uh, also a musician. I mean, a multi-talented guy, Rob. What a weekend it was. If you were a Marc Marquez fan, you're probably still celebrating. Yes, yes. It, um, you know, love him or hate him, you've, you've got to respect Marc Marquez. I mean, at 23 years old or whatever, what he's achieved in, in all the classes, you know, one, two, five, champion, motor, two, champion, and now three-time MotoGP champion in four years, only in MotoGP. I mean, it's incredible. I was looking at some, some of the stats today. I mean, he's won over 50% of the races he's been involved in and he's qualified pole. You know, he's already equaled Lorenzo and Rossi's poles. I mean, it's, it's incredible. So, uh, yeah, I know he's not uh, a lot of people's favorites, but, you know, when, when, when you watch him in the kind of form that he was in at Mateki, uh, where he just, hold your breath half the time when he goes to the tapers and he breaks so hard and late in the box going left and right and you think well there's no way you're getting into this corner and he, he just puts it in and, and comes out as he, as he wants and it was incredible I mean he, he couldn't have asked for a better weekend I mean going into it I would have put my house my dogs my everything on the fact that at least one of the Yamahas would have finished but for both Yamaha bikes to crash out I mean it's they, they said the stats the last time that both Yamaha never finished was something like two or three years ago. So it was incredible. It was really, it was almost, you know, like played out to perfection for Marquez. It was at Motegi, at Honda's home track, yeah. and he managed to win the world title. So, I mean, it was for Honda and, and Marquez. I mean, you could see when Marquez came across the line, he was he was shocked, you know. He couldn't believe that, that he had won it because he, him and the rest of us, I think the whole world just wasn't expecting him to, to take it at Motegi. You know, in Phillip Island, I think it was more on the card, but not at Motegi. But, you know, hats off to the, the guy and uh, many more years. You know, the scary thing is, if he does a Rossi and keeps on racing until 40, he's 23 years old now. It's 17 more years <laughs> of this guy potentially winning races and championships. So, it's scary to think what he can do, you know. But uh, he has a certain Mr. Brad Binder hopefully coming in a couple of years. They can maybe stick it to him. I think that uh, the script writers, as you say, got it spot on at the home of Honda. I mean, he even said that he, he forgot which racetrack he was at, what circuit he was at, because he was so shocked at what had happened. I mean, if if you think about it, let's first he, you know, take our cap, caps off or hats off to, to Jorge Lorenzo. He's not everyone's favorite rider, but the man is a machine. He is the former world champion, high-sided, came off badly, was in a wheelchair, had a drip, and still raced. And just because he pushed a little too hard, he made a mistake and was out. And, and, and basically, that combined with Rossi's fall, which was very surprising, I and mean, we didn't expect that, gifted Marc Marquez the, 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 the world title. But it was one of those weekends that you could not make it up. I mean, even on the MotoGP's social media sites, they were saying you cannot make this up. It has been an incredible season. And you've got to say, Marc Marquez and his calculated approach 
has definitely deserved the title at this point. Yeah, it was, you know, even the commentator said it was, you know, Marquez made a lot of changes to his riding style and, and his mentality at the beginning of the year. You know, it was no longer the Marquez that just puts everything out there on the, on the track and it's like win it or bin it type thing. And it was a much more mature Marquez this year. He picked up points when he needed to. And, you know, when Rossi and Lorenzo were making mistakes, you know, he was picking up points. He made that one mistake um, earlier on in the year that pretty much cost him. But other than that, you know, he was always on the podium. If he couldn't win, he would he would settle for, for third or even fourth place at times. So, uh, you know, a deserved world champion because, you know, Rossi had a lot of bad luck with, with the bike breaking. But, you know, he crashed twice. Lorenzo also had... And his issues, and again crashing out uh, at Mategi. But like you said, I mean, all these guys are gladiators. You know, all bike races in the world, to be honest, are gladiators. We've all had that thing where you know you crash and you can feel that there's something not quite right. But you, you kind of go against all doctors' orders and <laughs> probably even worse, your wife and all girlfriends' <laughs> orders, and you and you get back on the bike. It's just you know, it's just a passion when you've got the passion that you know, that, that we have for bike racing. And, and you could see it with Lorenzo. There was nothing was going to keep him off that bike. And until he crashed, he was, you know, he really had probably put in the ride of the weekend considering, you know, everything that happened to him. But unfortunately, just losing the front end of the Yamaha. And it's so funny. I've heard so many conspiracy theories after that, that Lorenzo did it on purpose so that Rossi wouldn't win the title and that Marquez could win the title in Japan so that, you know, Lorenzo could kind of give a, you know, middle finger to Yamaha and say, well, you didn't want to sign me, and now you want me to help you out. So I, I don't think that is the case, but I mean, that's just how far the rumors go. But that's just how, how entertaining MotoGP's been this year, that people are just, you know, just taking everything they can out of it to try and blow it up even more, because it's just been, I mean, I don't think uh, the Kardashians have anything on MotoGP this year. Not a chance, not a chance. So... <laughs> I think it's quite interesting what you said there and with conspiracy theories. I mean, everyone's going to have their, their, their thoughts on, on what happened. But Lorenzo has come out and said, look, the tyres didn't quite work and, and he was pushing hard. I mean, there was there's one point I saw where they, they did this. I mean, the, the, the television production that MotoGP have got is unbelievable. I mean, there was those super slow-mos where it was Marquez's bike and he was going from 300 k's an hour to 75 k's an hour and you touched on how hard he brakes but that back wheel's lifting off the front tire the suspension everything is taking serious strain these guys are, are incredible and and i don't think you can say any of these riders as you call them gladiators would take a fall that is not how these guys are programmed man they are there to get the chicken flag first and that's it end of story you know you could even see you know with market in the qualifying, if you watch the qualifying the day before, it was kind of the old Marquez. He, he went out, put in a fast lap. Rossi kind of went faster. And then Marquez just kept making mistakes, trying to put in a fast lap. And uh, that, that's been his downfall at Motegi. That's why he's never won at Motegi before. Because of the hard-breaking turns, it's easy to make mistakes. And that's why a guy like Pedrosa and Lorenzo have always done well at the track because of their smooth riding style where Marquez has always battled. And after the qualifying, I kind of looked at them and thought, oh, this guy's going to battle in the race if he's making these kind of mistakes in qualifying but uh, obviously went back uh, to his hotel room that night uh, Al Zamora, he's you know right hand man probably had a little word in his ear and said listen you don't have to do that, you're fast enough just uh, back it off a bit and you know you can win this race and come Saturday uh, come Sunday sorry and race day it was a completely different Marquez he, yeah. he never outbroke himself, he never ran wide he, he made, you know even at the start he got kind of bullied by Lorenzo a bit, but you know he got to the front and 
put in the laps after laps after laps. And for once, I mean, Rossi and, and Lorenzo almost buckled under the pitch, especially Rossi. You don't see it happen that often, but uh, you can understand from Rossi. He had nothing to lose, you know. It was a win it or bin it type thing. So he put it all out there. And against the little front-end wash, maybe got something to do with the tyres. Maybe it was just him pushing too hard. You don't actually know, but... Um, yeah, the mistake was made and, you know, third title in, in four years for Mark Marquez. And like you said, to watch those slow-mos and then it's, <laughs> it's like mouth-watering stuff, which it's incredible. And as a, you know, as a racing guy myself, you watch that and yes, you just can't believe it. You think what this guy does on a motorcycle is just impossible, but he manages to pull it off. Absolutely. I know that Andre Iannone is still out, so uh, Barbara will ride in his place at Phillip Island. But what can we expect this weekend? Because it's back-to-back, it's frantic. Phillip Island never disappoints. And the nice thing about it is it's kind of, it's a good playing field for all the bikes. Um, the Suzuki's are, have come real good again. Vignola's on the podium again at Mategi, so you can't throw them out. The Spargo had a really good ride as well in Japan. And then the Ducatis are always good down there because of the long straights and the fast-flowing turns. So, uh, yeah, I don't count out to Vizio, so I don't know if Enoni will be there. But like I said, Barbara, if he's there, you know, Barbara can show a turn of pace. If he rocks up on the day, he's, he's a hard man to beat, especially if he gets in the toe of the guys and uses the horsepower of the Ducatis. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good battle. Hondas, Ducatis, I think they're all going to be up there in the Yamahas as well. And uh, you might even see a different approach from Rossi now. He knows the title's gone, so the pressure, in a way, is kind of off, even though it's People say it wasn't really on because, you know, he was behind in the championship. But, you know, in the back of the mind, you always got the championship, but thinking you can't make a mistake in that now. So maybe Ross is going to come out and say, right, for the last three races of the year, I've lost the title, but let me go out, win the three races. And it's, it's now a personal battle between Lorenzo and Rossi because I can tell you now, both of those riders want to beat each other. Lorenzo wants to be the first Yamaha home in the championship so he can say have it to Yamaha before he goes to Ducati. And Rossi wants to say, well, you know, I'm the man, I am the Yamaha man. That's why I beat Lorenzo and that's why they've signed me again. So that's going to be a really good battle between the two Yamaha guys. And then, yeah, it's up to the Ducatis to try and get another race win. We've seen Enoni pick up their first race win for a long time in MotoGP. But, you know, I don't think uh, you can count uh, the likes of Dovizioso or even Barbara out. And throwing the likes of Laverty and Jack Miller, the local guy, there's a couple of other riders that could be pushing for a good top five so you're Phillip Island always one of the best ones to watch out for on the calendar and I'm sure it's not going to disappoint again yeah, I mean, let's not forget Kel Crutchlow. I mean, he's had an incredible season. I mean, he's the top independent team rider once again. He says that he was uh, slightly off the pace because he had to, he lost eight or nine seconds running off the track. But he's also a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, so anything can happen. We've seen an incredible season, and it and it bodes well for the for the final few races. So Phillip Island, Sepang, and then it all concludes in Valencia in the middle of next month. So um, as you say, Rob, we don't know what we're going to do, but let's quickly touch on Brad Binder, second place. I mean, 0.017 seconds he was beaten. But I mean, he doesn't. it doesn't really bug him too much, does it? I mean, yeah, he would have liked another win for the season, but at the end of the day, he's the world champion and, and uh, he's loving what he's doing. Yeah, he really did want to win. And uh, I was just watching the race and it, to be honest, from the word go, Brad just didn't look comfortable on the bike to me. It didn't look like he, he could put the bike where he wanted it. It didn't look like he was happy. Um, once he was off the brakes in the turn and uh, I think it really hampered him even though he was out front and he managed to pull a little bit of a gap in that but he just looked really uncomfortable to me and, and Bastianini took full advantage of it you can't take anything away from the, the young Italian rider he did everything to perfection let Brad lead the entire race and then down the back straight 
in the slipstream and, and on the brakes, and it's not easy to, to outbrake Brad Bidner, I can tell you. So uh, I spoke to Brad, I watched that Brad a couple of times after the race, and he said, yeah, he wasn't, the setup of the bike wasn't too good. He was struggling to pull it into the apex, which means, you know, he was struggling to get on the line that he wanted to to come out the turns. So, uh, yeah, but it just shows you how what an amazing season and what an amazing rider Brad is, that even with a bike probably performing at about 85%, he's still able to run at the front and pull away from, from the rest of the field. So uh, another incredible ride, 12th podium of the year. Um, bodes well for the next couple of races. But uh, I think he's a little bit unhappy that he never won. He really did want to win the sure. last four, sure. especially with the team telling him that they're going to shave his head if he doesn't. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and, I, and I know he really likes his hair. <laughs> so let's see what's going to happen now with the last yeah, it's, I can't wait to see Brad Bitt in Moto Two next season. It's uh, he's been incredible this season in Moto Three. So keeps ticking all the boxes. Uh, Rob Portman, thanks very much for your time. Remember to get your copy of Ride Fast magazine now out countrywide. Check us out on csdupc.co.za as well as cliffcentral.com to find Park for May, where you can fat catch us again next weekend as we dissect Phillip Island. Remember to set your alarms. It's early doors, but you don't want to miss this one. This probably is one of the most most anticipated races of the season. Rob Portman, thanks for your time.